Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 229. I'm your host, Emily Aries, recording live in my at-home studio, which we have retrofitted for HD live streaming. Some of you have already seen this, probably. But uh, like so many of us, I am sheltering in place, tuning in from home. And today, May 21st, I'm feeling especially reflective because today marks the one-year anniversary of the Bossed Up book. I want to thank everyone who over the past year has supported, purchased, read, or listened on Audible to Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your (laughs) Together. And today I just want to have a little chat with y'all reflecting on what has changed fundamentally in the last year And how the book is more relevant than ever in some ways and not relevant at all in other ways, not major ways. But I'm looking back on the experience of writing a book, getting a book deal, publishing a book with such gratitude, with such appreciation for those who were part of that process. And every one of you who supported, read, purchased and gifted the book. It really does make a great gift right now for any women in your world who feel out of control which I think is many of us, and unsure as to how to navigate what's next, specifically how to take control, right? How to step up and lead yourself, your life, your career through uncertainty. It's a topic we talk a lot about here on the podcast, but I want to pull a couple sections of the book today. I was just sitting down paging through a copy I have here And just thinking about, wow, some of these pages, some of these chapters are so much more relevant now than ever before. The first chapter, for those who haven't read it yet, is called Combating the Martyrdom Mindset. And I talk about how, frankly, by no fault of our own, women tend to live in a world that that encourages us to put everyone else's needs before our own. And in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, when so many of us are struggling with role overload more than ever before, are caring for everyone else in our household and on our teams and trying to show the boss that we're, you know, as TikTok's meme puts it, I am here, I am online, I am ready to work, let me know if you need anything. You know, we're trying to perform caregiving on so many more levels right now, it can feel extremely taxing. So it's funny to read this chapter or read this uh, paragraph now, given what's happening. But I want to take a just a page um, from the Martyrdom Mindset chapter and, and read a paragraph here to see how it measures up a year later. Here's what I wrote. Quote, We live in a burnout culture where overwork and martyrdom are celebrated in countless ways that especially hold women back. We're socialized our entire lives to believe that this kind of performance and endless pursuit to care for others is what makes a woman worthy. Women who are kind, caring, generous, and nurturing are aligned with traditional gender roles and are socially rewarded for it. The little girl who lends a helping hand in preschool is considered a sweetheart. And as that little girl grows up and enters the workforce, she's expected to be a cooperative and helpful coworker too. As for women who don't fall in alignment with these traditional gender roles, they risk being seen as selfish, bossy, braggy, or... The catch-all term for a woman who doesn't act according to societal norms, a bitch. 
But although society seems to like women who take care of everyone around them, we don't actually value caretaking much at all. The Census Bureau estimates that there are currently 44 million unpaid elder care providers, most of whom are women, taking care of aging parents and loved ones in the United States. None of them receive a stipend or a tax break. And many of those caretakers have absolutely no workplace protections or family leave. Their work is almost completely invisible, unaccounted for, and uncompensated in our global economy. Take a moment and just think about all the women and men across the globe right now who are caring for aging parents who have been retrieved from their elder care facilities for fear of COVID transmission. Think of all the working parents. Maybe you are a working parent who is trying to teach preschool while being a productive member of society. It is wild how much is being shouldered by women right now. I'm not saying men aren't doing this work. I'm just saying we know that disproportionately these unpaid care workers tend to be women. And in the care economy, like my mom's work as a nurse... We know that that economy isn't really compensated as highly as other fields. It's a reminder to me now that it is more important than ever that we do not internalize these messages, that we are expected to be everything to everyone right now. We have to give ourselves grace, have patience with our own imperfections, and not judge ourselves for not being fully productive in the midst of a pandemic, right? Like that is such a key message of the book. And it is so applicable to today's world. Here's a a section later on in that same chapter in which I introduce the concept that I call the martyrdom mindset. Quote, I see so many of us, my mom and me included, internalize all these judgments and adopt what I call a martyrdom mindset a psychological one-two punch that combines all the baggage of female gender roles with the Protestant work ethic that's woven into the fabric of our nation. That work ethic, for better or worse, connects people's worth with their work. The Puritans, who landed on Plymouth Rock back in the day, believed that a good person is a productive person. Leisure time was seen as evil, literally. Ever heard the saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop? Guess where that saying originated. Today's martyrdom mindset, in its simplest form, is the underlying belief that success requires suffering. It requires sacrificing yourself for others. Inversely, it's the belief that success achieved without suffering is somehow cheap or shallow. Think about it. Do you fundamentally believe that to be true? This philosophy has a viral life online where career inspiration includes many a mantra like hustle hard, can't stop, won't stop, and rise and grind. Much of this culture is embraced by women and men alike, but it all manifests quite differently in a world that still holds women up to double standards that men just don't have to deal with. Hell yeah, be a hashtag girl boss, but like, do you have to be so pushy about it? Rise and grind for sure, but can you make the kids breakfast first? Hustle hard all day and every day to launch your own startup, but also don't forget that your aging parents are relying on you to check in on them. In a world where women don't have equal pay for equal work, much less equal leisure time to devote to taking care of themselves or furthering their goals, gender confounds the Protestant work ethic to leave women suffering far more for far less. Oof, (laughs) 
I hate to sound so self-satisfied with my own writing, but I am. I'm proud of this book. And how relevant is this right now? The, the chapter goes on to talking about burnout, how to recognize the signs of burnout and bounce back from it. It's a foundational chapter that really sets the stage for the entire rest of the book. The next chapter is called Cultivating Your Boss Identity, which is all about the psychological process of seeing yourself as an agent for change in your own life. It is not an easy thing to do. So many women on the online trainings that I'm hosting lately have been asking things like, how do I make progress in my career right now when it feels like everything is at a standstill? How do I pursue the work I really want to do that I know I'm capable of, but I just can't convince others to give me a shot? That chapter on cultivating a boss identity is all about the iterative process of of formulating the not only sense of self behind all leaders, but also the willingness, the courage to take risks to take action, even when you're not certain how things are going to turn out in order to venture into the unknown and cultivate confidence in your ability to figure things out, to make progress, to make change happen in your life, kind of like a, an organizer. I really bring a community organizer's approach to people, power and change in this book and how to bring about change in your own life, even when we live in an unjust, imperfect world. The following chapter, Progress Over Perfection, dives into how to cultivate a growth mindset in the face of uncertainty, how to deal with setbacks and failures on the road to success. I write, I wish it were as simple as stepping into your power, aiming high and making the leap, but sustainable success isn't achieved in a linear fashion. It comes in fits and starts, two steps forward, one step back. Failures are inevitable on the road to success. It's how you deal with them that shapes your outcomes. I go on to write a section in that chapter called when goals crush you instead of the other way around and just how to internalize and deal with things that are out of our control when the whole book is about taking control of your life. The reality is you can't all the time. I mean, there's so much more ground that I cover in the book. We talk more about assertive communication, setting boundaries. I talk through how to be strategic about goal setting and hustling without burning yourself out. I think, honestly, that chapter on strategic goal setting feels the least applicable, if I'm being completely honest, to the world we're living in now, because there is just so much out of our control. Long-term planning is hard. Even the women in our Life Tracker Planner community know that our last Life Tracker Planner accountability call was about radical acceptance, not how to, you know, organize your life to maximize productivity, which this chapter in the book is sort of about. So we have to have patience with ourselves right now. We have to give ourselves time and embrace a lot of the other messages of sustainable success, combating the martyrdom mindset and beating burnout and keeping burnout at bay as we try to get through this. If you or someone you love is looking for a good book during this weird time, this time of uncertainty that can help them make sense of the challenging, tumultuous emotions that we're all feeling, and someone who you want to see take charge of her life, someone who you know can be doing more but is so busy being everything to everyone else, this is the book for them. I'd love to hear from you especially those of you who've read the book already. One year later, 
what have you learned? What lessons are you applying to your life? And who would you recommend pick up a copy of Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together to get through this challenging time? I would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much again for your support over the past year. I've signed so many books. I have been so encouraged by all the women I met in person before everything started going online. I'm still doing online book talks and an association client of mine is hosting me uh, in the next month or two for a series of online trainings. And I actually signed 50 copies of my book and shipped them to her. And she's shipping them out to all their members uh, individually or distributing them to all their members. So if you're interested in teaming up for an event like that for your team right now, to bring a little book party or book club vibe to your team building initiatives right now, whether it's for a professional association, your team at work, or anything else, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to beam in virtually from my studio here at home to send you a bunch of signed copies of the book and to to partner to get this message out to as many women as we can. Thanks for all your support, y'all. Keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose and together. Let's lift as we climb.